I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star, Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality, Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and, of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOCNation. My name is C.T. McManuson. For the next two hours, it is my job to take your mind off of that crazy, crazy world out there, get it refocused in on some good old-fashioned rock and roll. We have an amazing show for you this evening. We're going to be joined by the boys in Rat Rod. We have Jaron and Sebastian from Tantric coming up. And we also have the original lead vocalist of L.A. Guns way back, way when they were first starting. Mr. Paul Mars Black of Sonic Boom will be with us, guys. It is also my extreme pleasure and privilege to introduce to you our co 
co-host for the evening, our uh, rock doc, Dave Rosenfeld. Dave, you with us, bro? Hell yeah. How you doing, guys? Good, man. Good. So, uh, got the holidays behind us. A lot of good rock and roll ahead of us, man. I know you've been keeping yourself busy with uh, a lot of different stuff. Anything you want to disclose? Well, you know, um, Tonal Crush is, uh, I'm writing a whole bunch of new music with uh, Tommy and the boys with that. Um, yeah, I got some other things going on that I'm working on, but I've been writing music like crazy and uh, having a great time with it. That's awesome, man. And, you know, it, the one thing that seemed to be happening during this whole mess of the world is the way it is right now is it seems like creativity is off the charts. It seems like everyone's picking picking up instruments, picking up music, and it just seems like it's really going out there. Is that your kind of experience with it as well? Well, yeah, people have time to go back and really work on stuff now. You know, during the year when you're, you're gigging and you're getting out there and you're playing, um, it's great, it's amazing. But now you got some time to really sit down and, and kind of develop some new ideas and new contacts and things like that. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I'll tell you, there were I was very blessed to have a couple people on the show that uh, – were that been wanting to come on to the show for a while, but never really got the chance to. But now that, yeah, like you said, everybody's kind of uh, stationary at this moment. Where, uh, yeah, hopefully everything we're, with we're waiting this, to we're waiting to break out. Man, I'm telling you, it's. I know I need it. I know everybody else is like ready to get out there. I mean, we're we all have spring fever already, and the winter's just starting. It's, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So uh, just wanted to uh, bear with me for one second, having a little bit of an issue with this. Uh, man, always something with blog talk. But um, we are going to take a quick break. Uh, I got to fix things on this side. Uh, my apologies for that. Don't go nowhere. We'll hang tight. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, guys. Sorry about that. Rock Doc, are you with us? I'm here, buddy. Hey, guys. Sorry about that. We have our issues every once in a blue moon on the system. It's just... The weight of modern technology, <laughs> but uh, we're going to listen to a little bit of uh, your old band. Maybe you can give us an insight into one of these songs. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do a little bit of Out of Bounds. I know it's been a while, uh, but you said All you've right. been doing a little stuff with them, and uh, really excited to yeah, see but, what comes out of that. Yeah, we may have been putting up another album on that. We'll have to see how that goes. Some stuff that we've uh, put out and some stuff that I've been writing. Nice. Uh, can you give us a little bit of insight into High Heels? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a great song. Um, that song's about, um, yeah, what everybody likes, a pretty woman, um, of course, very smart, intelligent, and endearing, in um, a really nice outfit with high heels. That's it, bro. So we're going to go ahead and listen to that, guys. Don't go nowhere. This is Out of Bounds with High Heels. Oh, 
Hey, this is a Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Kaku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with history, the voice of choice, and killer can resonate. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have cried? Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Dylan, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back to the Rock and Roll Union Podcast, guys. We are live here with our... Special guest co-host, Rock Doc Dave Rosenfeld, and it is my excitement, my joy. You know, we talked to these guys last week under different circumstances, unfortunately, but this, tonight, we're really, really excited to talk to our boys. Here is Rat Rod. You guys with us? Hey, hey, man. What's going on? Hey, fellas. How's How's it going, boys? (laughs) Doing, Doing well. So uh, how is everything? How's everybody's holiday? And uh, you guys getting right back into the swing of things in 2021, I say. Doing what we can, yeah. I had a great holiday. Uh, glad to be back at uh, back at stuff. It's a slow grind, but uh, we're doing what we can. We got some stuff going on next weekend. We got, uh, you know, things cooking. So, yeah, doing what we can. Man, and I really <laughs> think, uh, I believe we have uh, Harry with us tonight, right? 
Uh, no, we've got me, of course. We've got John on the line with me, and we also got Bryce in the room, and Mike, okay. Mike should be okay. here shortly. I was going to say, uh, we haven't had a real chance since he, uh, since he joined the band to talk to Harry too much, but, uh... Yeah. Um, he was working, so I'm not sure if he was able to, to break free to get here. We'll see. I haven't heard from him, so we'll see gotcha. for sure. But ha- Harry's the wild card. Yeah, he's... <laughs> So I, I, you guys know uh, Rock Doc David Rosenfeld. I believe you guys have met previously. Yeah, we played before. We played at Hot Shop. Yeah, yeah, we played together. Yep. So, how's it going, man? I'm doing good. So, question for you guys: Are you guys got something new coming out? Have you found that you're being able to develop a schedule for 2021, or is it kind of still up in the air? No, it's. it's terms of the schedule, not really much of a schedule. We do have a gig next weekend down in, in Delaware at uh, Bar 13. We're doing that. Excellent. But other, as far Excellent. as other shows, uh, uh, kind of playing it by ear right now. There's some feelers out there. Obviously, with COVID, it's really tricky. Uh, yeah, but with yeah. our main focus right now is uh, working on new music. Uh, we're writing a third album. Uh, got that in the works right now. And, of course, you probably nice. already saw we produced a, a live record, so we're pushing that also. Awesome. How many tracks on the new ones are you looking to put out? On uh, the new studio one you're talking about? Yeah. Uh, we're probably going to go 12, maybe 13 tracks. Nice. We've, nice. Got, uh, we've got 15 uh, demoed right now. Um, so Beautiful. we've got stuff to work from and, and pick from. And we'll put the best 12 or 13 on the album, and then the other ones... Who knows what we'll do with those? We might just kind of make them bonus tracks or something. We don't know. We're still in discussion right now. Sure. Now, bouncing off a little bit of what David was saying as far as the schedule for 2021, are you guys kind of picky when it comes time to – I mean, some of these venues are a little iffy still during this COVID crisis. Bar 13 not being one of them, man, they are really safeguarded, and I really appreciate what they do as far as their venue is concerned with the whole – pandemic thing are you guys kind of picky on where you play because of everything because of regulations well yeah absolutely yep each gig we think about it real carefully and consider it and kick it around because there's there's health issues in all of our families we got to be concerned about so right we don't want to jump into something without carefully considering it and getting all the facts and all the information we've actually turned down a few things i'm not going to go into what they were but we've turned down a few things already right so. Yeah, gotta be careful. Yeah. So, are you guys bringing your own mics, disinfecting everything and oh, anybody in on the stage? <laughs> oh yeah, it's pretty much uh, mandated now that you bring your own mic. Even even a few open mic gigs we've done, it was bring your own mic. So yeah, you haven't started bringing your own guitar recently, right? I did start bringing my own guitar. <laughs> 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 he doesn't like to talk much, but when he does, it's pretty pithy. <laughs> that was Bryce, by the way, in case you didn't stick up. You know, it's funny. but uh, ever since we well, started an, inter- playing, an interesting thing is with the drum kit. Also, are you sharing drum kits with other bands, or is that something you're going to be, uh, you know, swapping out? Yeah, we're still, uh, you know, sharing drum kits. Um, that's you know, you, you, not much you know about that. <laughs> you you yeah. gotta, you still gotta live life, so to speak, and swapping out drum kits between every band would be pretty rough. I've yeah, done that before. That <laughs> but it sucks. So yeah, there's uh, at least down in in, in uh, at bar thirteen, they're really conscientious about things. They wipe stuff down, and uh, you know right. they're just things. So they're really really careful down there. Yeah, they were. It was it was like a 
half an hour setup because they had to spray everything down before anybody else got on the stage. So there was like one band on the stage at a time, and then you finished. They sprayed everything down, and then the next band got on. So, you know, it was pretty. Wow. It was pretty. Uh, yeah. I mean, the other thing that comes to mind is as far as. Uh, yeah, like Dave was saying, as far as swapping in and out and uh, mics, I'm sure the mics are like everyone's got to have their own mic at this point. And yep. I've actually um, even started bringing my own mic for backing vocals at rehearsals. Yeah, smart. I don't even use I don't even use rehearsal room microphones. But the other thing I got to say about Bar 13 is it makes it tough, but it also makes it enjoyable in another aspect. It's kind of tough to stay seated an entire show and not want to get up and dance, especially to you guys playing. And it's just that's the only downside I see to the whole thing. Yeah, it feels like, it's weird because it feels like you're playing to a wedding reception in some regards because everybody's <laughs> sitting at a table. <laughs> I feel like I ought to be bringing out the freaking chicken dance or something. <laughs> hey, but, uh, we, we we do have a wedding band on our resume. <laughs> That's right, we do. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, technically, I guess we do. Yeah, Will and Wendy got like, married like last both. year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank, thanks to Will Massey and uh, and Wendy, we are now a wedding band. <laughs> One route, man. Yep, free for all your weddings and bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs and <laughs> So you guys <laughs> dropped <laughs> something last you guys dropped something last night and I wanted to give you guys a chance to uh open that up. I don't want to say too much, I'm gonna sure. leave that to you guys. But uh really exciting stuff going on. Different stuff than usually a, a local area band would do. Mark, you wanna tell us a little bit more? Sure, we, uh, we're doing something, we did something that we, uh, people will either think we're freaking stupid for doing or think we're brilliant for doing, and only history will tell. Uh, a local band <laughs> dropped a live album. So, yeah, we put a full live full live record out, 12-song live record, with uh, basically cuts from uh, 2020, the shows we were able to play, we were able to record it, and uh, we put it together as a as a show and put it out. Um, got, uh, all the, pretty much all the songs you would hear at one of our shows, plus a couple of new tunes. Nice, man. So just to let you guys know, let everybody on the show know at this point, we are also now being joined by the lovely Day. She's on the line. She wanted to say hello to the boys. Day you with hello. us. Hey, what's up? Hey, hey good you. How y'all doing? Yo, what's going on? <laughs> not hey, hey. much. Not. Not much. Uh, How y'all guys? Good. How you been? We're bored like everybody else. <laughs> well, maybe y'all can finally work on my Beowulf song. <laughs> we gotta get to working on that, don't we? Uh, <laughs> that, that'll go right after. That, that'll go right after the new one on the new album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There might be a squeeze Beowulf in there somewhere. Yeah, so that put in there in the something. Yeah. Hey, did I hear Mike? You showed up? Yep, Mike's here. Yeah. Hey, Mike. Showed up. Mike's been here. I heard Marshall is freaking talking. <laughs> no, he's here. He's been here the <laughs> Hey, I've been quiet. So don't blame me. Yeah, that's, that's why I've been talking, to keep you quiet. 
<laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> so, what was, what was the whole influence on getting this live material out? Like, I I know I had a conversation with Mark previously, uh, going back a ways actually. The before you guys even recorded anything, you kind of had this. I know Mark had this talk going. Um, what made you guys want to do a live album? Just an idea out of the stream. We actually were talking about it a couple of years ago. Believe yeah. it or not, we were thinking about it. I, we were saying, hey, you know. It actually goes back to the trot when we played the trot the first time. Actually, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we got, tried to record it then. Yeah, we got recordings at, of the trot show we played there a couple of years ago. The bad thing was the there was a glitch in the electronics or in the in the samples or, or not samples, but in the in the files. But they, they weren't usable. They got scrambled. Uh, it, it was frustrating because it would have been a perfect live record because it sounded incredible. We had a good crowd. It would have been phenomenal. I mean, just imagine live at the truck. You know, that would have been so cool to be able to say yeah. that. Live so that, that kind of got the itch. And I just never let it go. I just kept pushing. I guess I got to get a little bit of pain in the ass with the guys. The mark is kind of like a gear whore and actually went out and bought a recording. <laughs> Yeah, a mobile recording unit. So, hey, nice. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to like live tracks. <laughs> yep, carry twelve track recordings around with you all the time. It's, it makes it a little easier. <laughs> Man, I also believe we have somebody else calling in that might want to talk to you guys. Thanks for calling the Rock and Roll Union podcast. Who we got? Yo, dude, I. How do you get the vaccinations, man? I need a shot. <laughs> Man. Oh my God! I'm, you, I'm dripping, dude. I, I'm, and it hurts. Oh Lord! Give me a shot. <laughs> Is that <No>. song? Uh, <laughs> freaking Tisdale, man. Hey uh, guys, Tisdale. Always know when he calls in. I'm thinking to myself, and the, Mike and I were back and forth going. We know who that is. Who the hell is that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Hey, what's happening? Yo, I got, I got, you just dropped that. I got to check out that live album, man. Oh, my God. That sounds great. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. It's, uh, it caught us. Uh, we got some good, sh- good shit on there. It really, uh, we're pretty excited about it. It, it, cool. it feels like being there. Not to be, not to be too braggadocious about it, but I'm just proud of it. I'm proud Papa. No, dude, that's a that's a that's a concept that nobody's done around here. And why not for all these original bands? Put out a live album. It's natural. What the hell? We're a live act. I mean, we've got two two studio albums out, but they just they don't feel like our live show. And right, that the the one thing like when when Mark and Mike recorded the first CD, um, and then we. We put a band together, and the stuff on the first CD has gotten a whole new life. So when you listen to the live album and go back and listen to the old stuff, the the difference is amazing. Um, like just the energy, the the way the songs grew and breathe now. So it was just natural to, to like instead of just going back and recording old stuff to recall the record. Old stuff, you know. We just put a live album out, and you know, I think we come off much better live any day of the week. Hell yeah! yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and well, I'm, 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 call- 
Go ahead, Tess. Well, I'm just saying because I'm calling in because uh, it's the first time that I get to thank CP for making my band the house band cover band for 2021. And that being said, hmm? I figure as a cover band, what best thing should we cover but Rat Rod's introduction to the freaking Rock and Roll Union podcast? Oh, that's so, awesome. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys if we could get a copy of that so we could sit there and learn the song and get it out, and then we could do, like, a live session or something. And as as in honor of you guys and what you guys have done, what the hell else does a cover band do, you know? <laughs> That'd be freaking cool, man. Sure. Well, at least You've officially made it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yo, at least someone will know the bass line. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And, 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 and um, when you get a, when you do do that and you figure it out, let me know what I'm playing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, see, Jesus. see, like a, like a true cover band, we might do you know other. I might put a Glockenspiel in there, maybe a couple mandolins. <laughs> we'll have a chorus in the background. You know, rock, rock, rock and roll, you. Know. <laughs> no, 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 no. You need the you need the bagpipes. You need the bagpipes. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. The bagpipes. You, <laughs> nah, you, you need a screamer in there. Well, that's oh, man. the other thing. I was going to offer Mike to come over to the session because we're trying. To, I think what we're going to try and do is work with CT and do it live on oh, a show, great. like maybe in February. And we might have, uh, I, I was thinking maybe Mike might want to come over and sing. We will do a duet. Be like, like <laughs> Dolly and Kenny Rogers, you know. Alan's <laughs> <laughs> in the street. I'm a And I'm out of this trainer, all right? <laughs> well, man. All right, well, I'll let you guys go. I just wanted to let you guys know on that. I wanted to talk to Mike. Mike, I'll catch up with you, and we just need yeah, a copy yeah. of that so we can do that. Just, I'm dead That's serious awesome. with this. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, all right, guys. I'll catch yeah. you later. Yeah, I'm Bye. Cool. Hit me up. Oh, that's awesome. man! I'm so, uh, you guys, you guys have made it. Now you got a cover band covering you. That's just that's just that's mind-boggling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear it, man. But uh, so the the question that I had, we're we're playing a new song from you guys tonight. Um, how how far back does uh does does any of this writing go back to uh? Any time earlier, like the first album or the second album that didn't make it on either one of those, or is this like brand new, all new, all new material? It's all new material. Um, the, the song you're going to play, we come up with when Elliot was still in the band, but it just just mess around musically with it. And then uh, about two, what was it, about three, four months ago? Yeah, a little bit, maybe about three or four months ago. I can't remember exactly when. Um, I sat down and just actually did my normal thing of demoing it, you know, drums, bass, guitar, and sent it to Mike, and he wrote the lyrics for it, and then we brought it to the band, and the band made it the way it is right now. 
Now, um, which isn't much I, different. You guys have had so much different things going on uh, writing-wise. I know Mike dug into uh, Tombstone. You guys have had other influences in different songs. Um, anything you could tell us about the new album coming up? Are, are you guys digging into the same kind of feel, or do you have other influences coming in? Uh, I've been actually writing, trying to change. I've been, I've been writing some different different topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his topics are, are expanding. Musically, we're expanding. Obviously, we're going to stay within the Rat Rod vibe, but we are exploring our, our boundaries, so to speak. Uh, there's going to be some stuff that might surprise a few people on this. On the new yeah, episode. we're doing some jazz fusion on this one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Man. Jazz fusion. <laughs> well, we'll get you to cover a Grateful Dead song next. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, it'll, but uh, it'll, it'll absolutely it's total total rat rod. You know, mm-hmm. it's normal total rat rod, which it'll never change. And uh, but like Mark said, it's uh, it's. I think this one's going to be like <clears throat> more, a little more mature in gotcha all the facets that makes you know. Yeah, we're we're finding. Good. Good job. We're finding now from from the first album, which everybody knows was Mark and Mike and was a great album. And the last one, Mark and Mike wrote everything. And we came down and put our stuff in. But now everybody in the band, um, there's creativity. Everybody throws ideas in. And everybody's got different influences that are coming out. And it's like this stuff, like I hear it, and I was like, some of the stuff that Mike's come up with vocally, um, lyric-wise, is some of the best he's come up with. The 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 riffs that Mark's coming up with are are just like amazing. Uh, I mean, I'm tooting our own horn, but we're the only ones that heard it. So, but like it it's just you could tell how much everybody's growing into this band. Um, and it's rat rod, but on steroids. So I, I got to address the elephant in the room, and uh, forgive me for asking this, but I have to. Compared to the second album, how different is it with the different layout of the band, with different members in the band? How how of it? How does that add or subtract or whatever? How does that affect the new outcome for the new album? It's it's going to be the same thing, but there's going to be a there's a different kind of energy. I think you're going to I think you hear it on the live record. There's a different just just more energy to to what we're doing, right? Um, but I think that's just from excitement more than anything. We we get in the room and we're excited to play together, and we get on the stage in front of people, and it's exciting, and it shows through. And that's I think the the, the biggest thing a person's going to notice between Rat Rod Mark One versus Rat Rod Mark Two. Well, wouldn't this right. be like Rat Rod Mark One and like minus plus? Because we did go back a step. Well, let's not get complicated. This is math, not algebra. It's going to be. It's going to be right up. It's going to be you know right up there with the all the light em up stuff. But I think it's going to have actually a little more energy. A little. 
uh, little more energy, a little more fire to it. Um, and you're going to hear it only because, and, you know, and it's not to put anybody, it's, it's, it's not just in the, in like, especially in the drumming, because Harry plays a different way than Elliot did. And, right. Uh, you know, you're going to hear it. I mean, it just, uh, you know. That that's probably the biggest the biggest difference. Yeah, I mean that'll be the biggest difference mm-hmm. that you'll people will notice. I think Elliot was very, is a great drummer. He was a great drummer, a great person, very precise in his playing, and that was that was important and good. Harry is also a great drummer, but a bit of like walking the tightrope sometimes, exciting, energetic. <laughs> It's really fun. It's kind of like when you're driving <laughs> behind that car and, and he's swerving all over and he just misses the wall and then he just starts driving into somebody and you follow him and you're just like, you don't know what's going to happen next. That's what it's like. Yeah. But you know it's <laughs> Have you found different. that you guys are tracking things differently now when you record? Say it one more time. Do you find that you're tracking things differently when you record? Are you doing more tracks on guitars, less doubling things? We we haven't actually done any tracking for the new record yet. We're just still writing the material and getting okay. it down in the room. So we haven't tracked anything yet. But I'm almost positive our tracking is going to be exactly the way that the three other albums or two other albums have been. Um, we have the greatest little setup. Um Mark kicks his entire family out of the house. He gives his wife and daughter some money to go shopping for the day. And we take over the bedroom, the living room, and uh, nice. everybody, you know, one cabinet goes into his daughter's room, one cabinet goes into the art room, one goes into the master bedroom. Mike sings in the kitchen, and everybody's in the living room with the drums. Yep. So, yeah, that's how we do it. That's how wow. we get the basic track down. And then we go back and uh, do what we got to do afterwards. So it just costs – Mark just has to worry about paying the credit card bill at the end of the month, that you know. Yeah. So. Well, <laughs> hey, that's still cheaper than, than, a, than a big studio. Very it comes, you know, it came from constant trial and error. And, uh, you know, and, you know, we've learned – well, Mark, Mark and Bryce, you know, they were the primary engineers. You know, they, I know, learned stuff already from – to light them up stuff that CD so now so this one the next one will sound even better. Yep. Man, I will say this. Um the one thing when I listened to the uh the Light 'em Up album, I I remember um Ballad of Tombstone struck me as so different from everything else. I'm really excited to see where you guys expand from there. And I just remember <laughs> like Mike's voice you're used to it being one way, but then he's also so versatile that he's actually able to do different things with his voice. You know, a lot of people are going to say the obvious that you guys sound a lot like ACDC, Mike sounded like Bon Scott, but Mike's able to do things with his voice that maybe other people can't. I mean, he's got a smoothness sometimes to his voice. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, that's why we figured we'd keep him. <laughs> well, let's be honest. Nobody else in the band is saying worth a damn. Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> you have to be right when you say things that are right. Come on. Yeah, Mark. 
Mark can hit, Mark's done. Mark I can hit a note or two here and there. Mark is thinking good backgrounds with me. Listen, you stick him in the bathroom, he sounds half decent. Hey, Bryce, <laughs> me and you are the only, Bryce, me and you are the only two that can't sing, so. Hey, and that's why we keep you two the hell away from the microphone. Exactly. You guys are staying at practice this last Wednesday. Yeah, that needs help. You're like, help me. I need more backing vocals. I'm like, no, I don't sing. Give me a cowbell. But um, as far as the um, the writing is concerned for the song that I'm getting ready to play, I'm getting ready to play Hello Ride by Rat Rod. Guys, it's your new single. Um, Mm -hmm. Could you give us a little input into that, how that song came about, how quickly or slow going the writing was for that, and uh, what went behind it? Okay, well, musically, it was just in the room. Like I said, it came about initially when Elliot was still in the group. Uh, we were just we plugged in one one day, you know, getting their rehearsal, plugged in and started strumming some chords. You know, ten minutes, fifteen minutes later, we've got the basic structure of a song. I hit record on my phone just to capture it, and it sat on my phone for eight nine months. And then I decided to sit down and actually track it so Mike uh, in a in a very basic demo form so Mike could work with it. And then I'm going to hand it over to Mike for the lyric content part of it. Yeah, as soon as I, as soon as I heard the, the actual, uh, like, as soon as I heard the music, uh, I, it gave me a, a, a vibe of, uh, that the lyrics came kind of quickly. You know, just uh, just has that fun kind of just hey, that's you know, good time. I was thinking. The music just made me think of like yeah, it just had like a good like a positive kind of vibe to it. So I just kind of right. went with that, and I was thinking, you know, you know, what about? I, at first, I was going to it was going to be called you know um, hell of a ride, but it didn't really fit. And I was talking to Mark. I'm like, man, I got this great idea. I wanted to put call it you know, but I'm trying trying to figure out how to fit hell of a ride. All you know into the chorus because I, I had the melody and everything, and then uh, it was Marx. And Marx says, "Well, I just just say hell all right." And I was like, "You know what? Yeah." And just, you know, I shortened it to, you know what it means, you know. What I mean? Right. And, and I, then I so then I on purpose uh, threw in in there the actual hell of a ride. We're going to take you on a hell of a ride. Uh, just so that people get the idea of what hell of a ride, you know. It's just about, you know, coming to a Rat Rod show and we think we're going to take you on a hell of a ride, I guess. But but the second verse of the tune I really, really like because you kind of reflect a little bit on on where you've been compared to where you are. He's not not being Bob Dylan or anything, but it's really good. (laughs) So let me ask you guys a question. You guys have been opening with Rat Like Me forever. Any chance that this yeah. could be a new opener for you guys? I mean, I can see it happening. Nah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, don't be God, so short about it. Drum, 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 it says no. Not, <laughs> not, not this one, but there may be some others. There's uh, some other new ones. That were that we've already written that could be. See, the, our, our our thinking or our philosophy on it is we like to come out and just just throat punch somebody right out of the gate, right? In terms of energy, That's a bit smiling. Though. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> throat punch 
kick you in the balls, we're going to knock you down, we're going to pull you back up, knock you down again, and then kiss you goodnight. Jeez. That's a rat rod show. That's <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my ex-wife. What was her name? I think we married the same one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might have so, been yeah, in on that too. Thank God. Our aggression's out on our fans. Thank God I've never gotten married. Uh, I'll tell you what. I, yeah, well, that, the, that, other, the other question I had was for LJ, man. How beside yourself with no Mardi Gras are you this year? Uh, I had my king cake yesterday. I finished it up this morning, so I'm good so far. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, you know, got past that point yet. Yeah, the wife was like, "Tell LJ to mail me a piece of cake." <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough February. Yeah, man. <laughs> but at least we got we got some recording to do, so that'll take my mind off of it. <laughs> Which so. I'd rather do anyway. Yeah, so we'll be we'll, uh, be, uh, we'll be real busy recording very shortly. Yep. Before we uh, before we play this song and we we uh, hang up the line, wanted to give you guys just a minute to plug your show for next. I know we did we talked about it a little bit, but you guys are in at bar thirteen next weekend. Uh, what what are the time? What's the time for the show? Um, show times are basically six to ten p.m. It's an early night. Uh, we're there with uh, eighty six bullets, who's going to open the night up. Hell yeah! And then. Uh, Grin and then us. Phenomenal yeah. show, and it, it kills me because that was a show you you eighty six bulls was something we had scheduled a long time ago. I'm really excited that you guys are finally playing together, and uh, yeah, man, really stoked we've for actually, that. We've actually played with them twice. Yep. Really? Yeah. Yeah. For anybody not familiar, 86 Bullets is um, a real, they're a, a friggin' really good band out of like the Baltimore, uh, you know, Maryland area. Um, they've got a lot of videos on YouTube, and all you should check them out. They're really good. And uh, Will Mass is him, he's their manager. I ours too now, yeah. <laughs> but uh, down in, you know, in the Maryland area, they're like really. They're really popular down there. They do really well down there, and uh, they open for Kicks. They open for a bunch of bands. They're really good, man. And uh, so, yeah, we played with them a few times down there, and now they're coming up here to play with us. And uh, so uh, they go on first. And like I said, it's an early night. Everything starts, I think, at six. They said mm-hmm. so. Uh, so no excuse for not coming out. It's way oh, early. Yeah. And, and I think because I think the lawn in in Delaware is they got to uh, I think they got to be closed by 10 yeah. I think so they got to they got to get they have to have everybody out of the bar by 10 supposedly so yep. yeah those um, fun uh, those fun COVID thoughts um, yeah. I feel like we have one other person on the line real quick before you guys hang up let's find out who this is thanks for calling the Rock and Roll Union Podcast who do we have uh, am I like talking to Rods right now <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? Uh, this is like Butthead. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so is 
that like the big rod or the little rod laughing? <laughs> little. Little rod. Uh, uh, hold on. No, Beavis, go talk to your own rod. <laughs> <laughs> Not here. Go back in the bathroom or something. Who Nobody wants to hear schlong. <laughs> so, like, we were thinking we were going to start our own band called Mouse Wieners. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, like, our first song is going to be called Boobs and Butts. <laughs> uh, something just come up. I have to go. Bye. <laughs>
This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Works, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included... General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Paul Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOC Nation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We've excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation radio network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation radio network. Welcome back to the Rock and Roll Union Podcast, guys. Coming up shortly, we will be talking with the boys in Tantric. Is he doing all kinds of different stuff? Are you with us? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. <laughs> all right. So yeah, we uh, here. They'll be here shortly. Uh, I wanted to ask you. You know, uh, with everything being shut down, you've kept yourself so busy, and uh, man, so. 
What are you looking? What What's the first thing you're looking to do once we get out of uh, this whole COVID situation? Well, Tonal Crush is looking to uh, finish the debut album. We're putting the tweaks on things now. Um, we're also recording, going to be recording our second album almost at the same time. So that should be pretty wow. Cool. Um, I'm working with a buddy that you probably know on a song. If you want to talk about that, and. Uh, yeah, so just keeping busy, writing lots of different music, working with different people. Should be pretty cool. Awesome, man. I mean, really, really excited to get out of this mess. And uh, But on the line, man, we have Jaron Jolino. I'm not sure if Sebastian's on the same line. Jaron, you with us? I am. Hey, man, thank you so much How's for calling it? in. How's it going? This... Uh, Jaron, you met uh, Rock Doc previously. You guys were supposed to be on a bill together uh, with uh, Tonal Crush. Am I right? Or was it uh, was it Tonal? It was, or was out, it of, out of bounds, out in Kansas. Out of bounds. Yeah. There it is. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how was your holiday, Jaron? Everything good? Yeah, and uh, just a lot of relaxing and family time and, uh, you know, just trying to pass the time until tour starts back up. I hear you. Now, you guys have had a couple of shows uh, since the whole COVID thing. Uh, you guys have played some shows out in uh, Florida, other locations. Uh, how many shows have you done recently? I, I know you did a couple. Uh, I mean, we had about 50 shows last year. Gotcha. So I would say probably like 30 or so between August and uh, Christmas. I believe we got Sebastian with us now, too. Yo, yo, Sebastian. what's up? What's going on, brother? How you How's doing? How's going, man? Doing well. How are you guys? Good, man. Good. good so uh, I was telling Jaron, Sebastian, this is uh, Rock Doc Dave Rosenfeld. He's a guitar player for Out of Bounds. You guys uh, unfortunately missed that show together in Kansas, but you guys did meet up in North Jersey at some point. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Yeah, it was, that's definitely cool. Good guys. And by the way, how's my buddy working out on drums, John? John's great. killing it. He's killing it. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. What a good guy. Now, how long John. is how long has John been with you guys? Since May. Okay. Going uh, over the half a year mark, but uh, yeah, he's he's hung on for a while. So let me ask you guys, it seems like COVID's been the like the peak time for everybody creatively. A lot of uh, a lot of writing seems to be going on since everyone's kind of stationary. Uh anything new, new material wise coming out of Tantric? Uh well, we've got yeah, the a, a new record we're waiting to put out. Um that's yes. all like label final decision and then we're all uh individually working on a bunch of stuff for multiple other projects. Man, I know that how's things um, going for uh, how's things going for Heaven's Edge? Yeah, I was going to ask. Uh, not really going. Uh, just kind of waiting on gigs. You know, M3 is on the books, yeah. but whether that happens or not is kind of pending. But um, as far as gigs go, I mean, that's kind of all the band is doing. I know they have some demos for some new stuff, but uh, I don't know what the progress of wanting to put that out is. But gotcha. Um, just waiting to hit the stage, man. Now so with uh, Are you guys going out with uh, Smile Empty Soul? Yeah, the end of the month. Cool. It'll be uh, I think Missouri and Texas about like I don't know something like eight or ten shows uh, end January into mid February. 
Awesome. How has your setup changed since uh, the whole COVID thing? In regards to touring or? Yeah, Detroit regards to touring. Do you find it's taking you guys longer to set up and get out or are there any changes for Not... you guys? Well, I would uh, say it's I the same. Really what do you think, Baz? Uh, I don't think setups really changed. I mean, I mean, a lot of places we played were, to be honest, like nobody really seemed a hundred percent follow the guidelines. So like it wasn't much of a change. But then <laughs> some venues were some venues were really strict, and we had to like just to go take a piss. We had to you know jump through a bunch of hoops. Um, right. But I, I wouldn't say much much of a change. Now, has there been much of a change that you guys have noticed as far as uh, turnout is concerned? Definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, some clubs, but then you have some clubs like up in Wisconsin, you know, they're they're just like dying for shows. And a lot of states yeah. are just, you know, they're always good in general. But now that there's kind of like these rules and restrictions, I feel like people are even more inclined to get out and make the best of it. So, I don't know, as much as it has dulled with the limited capacity, I think it's also kind of helping in a way because you're limiting what people can do so when there is something cool to do they're dying to go out and do it yeah i mean it so the the new album with tantric when are you do you guys have any kind of an idea of what you're looking at as far as release date is concerned we heard June. in june nice now now when was that recorded if you don't mind me asking like how long to any start to end I think we started uh, in June and ended at the end of July or August. Fast. Okay. What do you think? I think that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, it was so about a two-month process. The, you guys did this in the midst of COVID. Yeah. yeah, right in the middle. Man, anything as far as uh, as far as topics or thoughts can? I mean, it was a crazy time this summer. So many things going on people protesting everywhere. Did that leak into the writing process, into the thoughts behind the new album? Uh, um, not as far as at least my writing went. I think like we're just straightforward rockers. Rockers, at least me and Jaren, I, I feel like we are. Um, Hugo is more of the, uh, I guess, like the the voice and writes the lyrics right. and has all the symbology and whatnot and all that stuff. All He's that a friend. We just write rock songs. <laughs> now, did, did you find yourself getting a little heavier uh, for this particular album? Definitely, because we had more part to play in the writing of the music. Yes. Now, when you guys went, uh, as far as Mercury Retrograde, you guys came in on the tail end of that writing. Am I right? And, like, yeah. this was basically half, yeah. your first full ability to write the entire album. Yeah, that's awesome. Killer. And uh, was there anything that that you guys wanted to try that was a little different from the last album, or anything in particular that stood out as far as the writing material, as far as you guys are concerned with the the guitar and the bass driven? Uh, anything different that you guys tried this time out that maybe wasn't tried in previous Tantric records? Um, I would say I mean, that we tried to get bass in the mix and still didn't, but <laughs> the guitar, that's for sure. Spoken like a bass player. 
Hey, I, I but, said uh, something, just so you know. No, I mean, I think I think we hit, we've tried a, diff- a bunch of different styles. You know, Baz has a ton of killer riffs that uh, we were able to squeeze in on here that kind of give it, you know, its own personality that I don't think Tantrix had before. So, gotcha. um, but with Hugo singing on top of that, you know, it's very Tantrix. So, um, not that it's different in a in any drastic way, but more so just you know, there's a lot of different styles, and uh, you'll still get the classic stuff too. So let's talk a little bit about uh, you. You guys had brought up that you're doing kind of your own uh, personal stuff. Uh, anything that you guys can discuss as far as that is concerned? Uh, I mean, I, I think Jaron's got a pretty solid thing with Delacoma going. That's like out and about, right? Nice. Uh, yeah, I did a Delacoma album. One song's out. The rest will be out. Um, I think there's like one or two more singles coming out before the spring release, but. Um, yeah, there's that. That's pretty much out there. And then there's a few singles for different bands here and there. But um, Baz has been hunkered down writing for a few different things. I'm not sure if he's at liberty to say what they're for, but uh, we've been pounding away at demos for it. And hopefully uh, sooner than later we can announce and kind of uh, take that to the next uh, step. Yeah, nothing too uh, that has too much momentum that I really want to talk about, but some really good ideas that we've been writing with some good people to try and you know get some uh, get some clout, get some, some push behind. Nice. Now, both uh, the, the beautiful thing about you guys, and as far as the rock and roll union is concerned, is we're both from the same area. You guys were kind of raised up in the Philly area. Were you able to return back to Philly a little bit for the uh, for the holiday season? Yeah, I actually just got back. Uh, I know Jaron was there for a little bit over the holidays. We unfortunately missed each other when it's ever times. Um, but, uh, yeah, I had to see some people and hang out. And I, I had so much pizza and cheesesteaks, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I gave like 15 <laughs> I literally just so finished the pizza and cheesesteaks, so I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, great. I just got home yesterday. Um we're prepping for tour next week. We have a show in Indiana, so kind of going over the set list, and it feels good to kind of come home and kind of just lock myself in a room and just crank out some music. But, uh, you know, with the holidays and girlfriends and stuff, you know, you got to split a little time with your family oh, yeah. and their family and, and do the whole thing. So I think Baz and I, I did two weeks on before Christmas and then went away for Christmas for two weeks, and then Baz came home during that time, and then he just left, and I just got back home. So it's kind of flip-flopping. So let me ask you guys one quick question. Uh, I'll ask Jaron first, and then uh, as you can answer, is uh, when you guys are home, when you're cranking up the stereo, when you're listening to your kind of music, what are you listening to? George Lynch. Hell yeah. Good, nice. Good answer. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, yeah I'm on the truck. <laughs> yeah, Biscuit, right, Beth? Oh, yeah, no, I was going to say, I have a, uh, a Limp Bizkit CD stuck in the CD player in my truck, and I love it. I listen to it all day long. But other than that... Um, <laughs> Break stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, usually Lynch, uh, a lot of Jakey Lee, like all the guitar heroes, the dudes that just shred. Cinderella. So, I mean, does, does that stuff get on your nerves at all, Bass? No, not at all. 
man, because I, I, I was looking at some of your Facebook posts, and dude, I was like, so you were showing some of the stuff that your dad was showing you, and uh, oh yeah, equipment and stuff, man, and I was just floored. Oh yeah, no, dad was always uh, tried to pass down everything he could, but I, I never was really bothered by it. I mean, honestly, I think the funniest scenario that's ever come up with, with like me being the son of. Uh, of a member of Cinderella was one show. I feel like there was a whole group of people that confused me for Tom Kiefer's son, and they didn't know who Jeff Labar was. What? So they just like, oh, dude, it was hilarious. So, so this guy comes up to the merch table, and he's like, he's like, oh yeah, you're Tom Kiefer's kid, right? And I'm like, no, Jeff Labar. And he was like, ha, huh, and just like walked off, and like you could tell he didn't really understand. <laughs> And then later that night, like, somebody else had asked me the same question, and I said, no, Jeff Labar, and, like, I didn't hear what they said, but I'm pretty sure, like, the whole crowd booed me. They were just like, oh, no, boo! Oh, man. Oh, okay. I'll tell you what, I went to a Mach 22 show in Delaware, and your dad was there. This was after you guys. You guys were with Tantric already, but your dad still showed I, I know up. What you're talking about, yeah. And I felt so timid to even say anything to your dad, just because I, I, I look at your dad and those kind of eyes, man. Because like Cinderella is one of my favorite bands, but like Mach 22, I didn't even know. Like when you guys were in Mach 22, you guys kind of kickstarted me doing what I do, and it, it was just. You guys were opening for Tom Kiefer at the Harris. Uh, I think it was called the Block at the time. I'm not sure if it's still called. Yeah, that. I think it's still the same thing. But uh, yeah, you guys put on a hell of a show, and uh, I remember buying merch that night and following you guys to a couple other shows. And man, I, I gotta say, I love Tantric. When I found out that you guys were involved with that, man, I, I just followed right along. But it, it's great to see some hometown guys that are doing really well. Yeah, thank you. Brother. Yeah, I was at one of their live shows, and I got to tell you, man, absolutely kicked ass with Tantric. It was phenomenal. Thanks, man. Thank you. Trying to yeah, you know, keep playing and play as much as possible. So, I mean, I asked Rock Doc this before you guys have called in. I'm going to ask you guys this as well. Uh, what's the first thing that you guys are looking forward to post-COVID? Uh, not wearing a mask ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Can't stand it. Just being able to go out. Yeah. I'd love to be able to just go out or like, hey, let's go to the movies or hey, let's hit a bar or like, hey, let's like sit in a restaurant that's full of people. Right. Now, do you guys yeah, – playing out, do you guys feel any kind of uh, pressure as far as regulations, as far as COVID stipulations are concerned? Uh, as far as personally, do you guys like, or how are you handling that? Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Bad? I don't know. We kind of just, yeah, just follow like, you know, whatever state you're in and whatever the place, you know, county that you're doing a show in, you know, you just follow the rules. If they say don't wear a mask, you don't have to do anything. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to wear one, but if they say, hey, we prefer you guys to do it, then I'm going to respect that by all means, but, gotcha. uh, you know, kind of just roll with uh, whatever people are comfortable with, I think. Yeah. That's How cool. are you handling the meet, the meet and greet situation? Do you like spraying people down or? 
<laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I mean, I'm not scared. Nah, I think again, you know, if the four are kind of cautious, you know, respect that. But at the same time, if they're jumping on the bus with no mask and they don't care, then you know, if they're comfortable, I'm comfortable. Gotcha. Now, have you either of you guys thought about getting tested for COVID, or have you been tested for COVID? anything going along those lines? Nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, I mean, even if I thought I was sick, I probably wouldn't get tested because what are they going to do? Just tell you you have it and then send you home anyway. Hey, so. Exactly. Exactly. Not that you I'm know, against it, anything in particular, but I just think, like, you know, you just do your thing, keep your peace, and respect people's space. And wash your damn hands, that's all. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, we're living in a time where you didn't think you had to tell people to wash their hands, but here, here we are. But, uh, <laughs> man, so, uh, Upcoming, how many shows do you guys got coming up as far as uh, – in you guys have a plethora of shows in a short period of time coming up. Uh, yeah. Uh, as far as, like, the schedule goes, I mean, we're booked all the way into August and September at the moment. Wow. Pretty, pretty solid stack of shows, but a lot of those obviously pending, you know, state regulations. But I think the majority right. of them will stick. You know, they're kind of booked around the areas that are allowing – things at the moment and seem to be opening up so i think at the moment there's probably somewhere around 50 shows on the books but nice uh as far as the next month you know we got about 10 with smile and soulish i think coming at the end of the month and then a lot of headline stuff until uh march and then we're you know back out with uh puddle of mud and trapped and shows with saliva and all sorts of bands nice so uh, has there been any kind of uh, – I'm so glad to see West, man. Uh, I don't know how close you guys are with those bands, but it seems like you guys kind of all – you usually stay in the same kind of groups as you guys travel. But it's so good to see Wes is recovering from all the demons that he had to deal with. Yeah, he's been doing good every time we see him. Yeah, super nice dude. Uh, seems like he's on the right track and seems to be kind of letting loose a little bit and having more fun and not as, you know, uptight and, and I don't want to say tense, but, you know, when somebody's right. trying to do better and, and making that effort, you know, you can tell it's it's definitely an effort. But I think now he's comfortable, and the last bunch of shows we had with them, uh, we had a blast. That's awesome, man. So uh, any any of these upcoming dates between now and August, anything close to the Philly area? Oh, I'm not seeing anything. anything. You have a New York date, though, right? Uh, we do. I think it's April. Let's see. If it keeps these, uh, May 8th is the closest. Might be a road trip, then, road dog. <laughs> yeah, after that, man. Rock dog, it might be a road trip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys got to get a Burn jersey gate. So, but, uh, brothers, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to, uh, I'm not going to hang you guys on too much longer, but I wanted to say thank you, man. Anything as far as dates, as far as the upcoming tour, please put them on the, on the, uh, rock and roll union Facebook page. You know, as always, I want to keep up to date with everything that you guys are doing. I want to keep everybody else up to date as well. 
Absolutely. appreciate the support and you guys always, you know, you know, having us on and chatting every once in a while and uh hopefully we can actually you know what? May first we're at uh bar thirteen, Tantric. I just forgot, we just booked that. Really? So oh we will see you there then, hopefully. Hell yeah, I will be there. I'll guarantee I'll is that a Saturday night? I think so, yes. I'm looking right now. I might have to run the podcast from there. <laughs> if all nice. goes well, it'll be uh, Friday night at M3 with Heaven's Edge and then Saturday with Tantric at Bar 13. Nice. Oh, hell yeah. But so let's nice. keep our fingers crossed. So, all right, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time tonight. You guys enjoy the rest of your time off until tour. And uh, like I said, keep us up to date with everything else. Cool. Thanks, right, guys. Party on. Have a have a great night, guys. See ya. So, uh, Tantric making the rounds, man. I'm really excited for them guys. Like I said, I go back to their uh, Mach 22 days, and uh, man, what a, what a difference! It's it's good to see some local guys up and coming. What do you think, Rock? Absolutely, and they are so unbelievable um, energy-wise live. Yeah, I'm really stoked for them, and uh, and John, the, John the drummer's a, lo- a local guy. Yeah, you. They said he was there since May, and uh, you you kind of go back with them, right? Yeah, him and his brothers playing the band um, Triple Addiction. Nice, and uh, I mean, it, it's just good to see man and i'm really trying to find my my tantric music i can't find that right now so i'm going to play some old school of jaron and baz on uh mock 22 this goes back to the first year of the podcast man i was really really excited to see what i saw from them guys and uh here is get away from mock 22 
That was Mach 22 with Getaway. Uh, calling in momentarily will be Paul Mars Blackman. He was the original vocalist for... Uh, <clears throat> Pardon me, guys. He was the original vocalist for L.A. Guns. We're talking way back before they signed the first album, although he was the writer on predominantly most of the stuff they did with that first album. And uh, really, really looking forward to talking with him. He has a new, um, can't say a new band out, because they've been around for a long time, but a band called Sonic Boom. Um, Any thoughts, Rock Doc? Um, that was awesome. <laughs> um, those guys were great, absolutely great, and I'm very looking forward to talking to our next guest. Man, he's. Uh, I'm really glad to see that those guys are coming through, and uh, you know, I- I'm going to pass it through my wife. May first is uh, is my son's birthday. They're playing bar thirteen that night, but he's only turning two. So I'm hoping you know that night I can get him into bed a little early and. Uh, Head on out oh, there to you go. see them guys. So, but uh, we're we're gonna listen to a little bit of uh, a little bit of Sonic Boom while we're waiting for these guys to call in. Uh, while we're nice. not these guys, but uh, Paul Mars Black to call in. Here is Tree for Shade.
Thank you for asking me. I'm honored. Man, so, Absolutely. You know, I, looking back on some of your history, man, I, I saw that you kind of, uh, you kind of, you were born and raised a little bit in San Fran, but then you moved out to Hollywood in, uh, what year, what year was it that you got to Hollywood? It was May of 1980. May of 1980, man. And, you know, there's always been things said about the Sunset Strip from, you know, the Doors to bands like the 60s era up to the 80s era and kind of quieted down around the 90s. I mean, there's still some memorable things happening there, but uh, how different was it from when you were, from where you were raised to the Sunset Strip? Uh, quite different. I, I mean, because I grew up out in the country up in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains, up in gold rush country. And I learned to play wow. like, uh, my, my parents would, do, I was a drummer and, uh, I learned, I, you know, I kind of taught myself how to play drums and then I, um, learned a few beats and then my parents would drive me way up into the sticks and I'd be I, some hillbilly kids that were bust down to my school would ask me if I played drums and they'd drop me off for the weekend and I'd be out on a, front porch across from a pig farm like playing bluegrass and country and rock and roll and oh wow uh chuck berry music and stuff and we and it was it was great we just played music all day long and then the older high school kids would stop by and give us a little little tips here and there and we'd um and i remember our, our school our uh, bus driver mrs chavez used to come over from the pig farm and sing some country songs with us every once in a while awesome. and and that's where i learned to play was up way way up in the country so Moving to uh, the city was a was a quite a change. What it happened, I guess, I really wanted to kind of become a better drummer. And uh, like when I got into my teens, I started playing um, with a lot of the jazz, the older jazz cats around the Sacramento area. And then uh, sure. and then I decided I wanted to study drums in school. So I went to I went to San Jose State College because that was the, the best percussion school on the West Coast at the time. I spent about a year there, and then I just dropped out to to move to Hollywood because a Hollywood band asked me to. A Hollywood band called Mad Captains asked me to join them, and I said, ah, "I'm I'm on my way. I don't need any more school." I, I dropped out and started playing drums around the Hollywood scene, punk scene for a while. 
Yeah, and I mean, one thing I got to ask because of the area that I grew up in uh, and that I'm currently located in, I'm in uh, South Jersey, which is pretty close to the Philadelphia area. You spent some time in Philly back in them days, am I right? Yeah, as a matter of fact, it was in 1980. I, uh, I came down here and I played with a band called Mag, Mag Captions. And then we moved, we went back, and part of the reason I joined the band was because they were all from the East Coast. Actually, they were from Pennsylvania, uh, but we were all going to move to New York together after they graduated from school. They were going, they were uh, going to GIT up here. So I joined the, I joined them, and we went. We actually did go back east, and we toured the East Coast for a while. We played. Um, where are you? Where did you say you're at? You're in Philadelphia. Or? I'm in South Jersey. I'm right on the other side of the Delaware Memorial Bridge. Oh, okay. Well, we played uh, we played closing night at a, a really kind of a big punk rock club called the Hot Club with the Dead Boys. Yes. Um, oh, wow. And then we and then we did a uh, we did a show at CBGBs. I remember playing. It was about four in the morning. They they would have music all night at CBGBs in New York. This was in, this was also in 1980. And I I went. I remember right before we had to go on stage. It was like you know really late at night, like. For because that town goes all night long, I went to use the bathroom and there was there was a there was a sharp something really sharp on the doorknob and I went to turn it and I sliced my hand open and it was bleeding like crazy but and it was throbbing too, but I didn't want to not play CBGB so I wrapped it up in a t-shirt like a white t-shirt and it was just bleeding all through the show and I and I wow. and I and it, I just played it. Four o'clock in the morning with my hand bleeding, I was just playing drums all, you know. Oh, wow. rock and roll. I'll never forget it. <laughs> rock and roll. Man, so, you know, I, I got to ask, um, what led you from those early days? Then you started hanging out a little bit, and uh, you were in the creation of L.A. Guns. How did, how did that whole thing take place? Um, well, I, I – I was in a punk band called the Mau Mau's. It was a pretty big punk band around LA. And then uh, I kind of decided after that band was kind of like falling apart, I decided I was going to move back and go to college and, find, and finish up and get my degree. Uh, but then a band called the Joneses said they were going to, they were supposed to sign with uh, Geffen Records. And they said, look, if you stay, stay in town, we're going to, we're going to do, we need, we need a drummer and we're going to, we're going to sign with Geffen Records, right? I said, okay, well, I've got all these songs I've been writing, you know, and I, you know, if, if I can co-write songs with you or, you know, we, you know, we can do some of my own songs, yeah, I'll do it. And so they, they said, yeah, well, they said, yeah, we, we'll let you, you know, introduce some of your songs. And then, uh, so I joined the band, but then that turned out not to be the case. After I was already playing with them, they said, uh, you know, well, we, we just feel you should be the drummer. A drummer shouldn't be writing the song, so um, we want you to... Um, we just wanted to concentrate on the drums, leave the songwriting to us. So I had all these songs sitting around that I had I had, didn't have anything to do with. So I decided to start a side band where I could introduce my songs. And uh, I joined a band called uh, Me. I, I met up with Mick Cripps, who was a ended up being the bass player for uh, LA Guns for a while. But he saw me. Uh, I forget what the name of the club was. It was some goth club on Sunset Boulevard, and I think I was pretty drunk or stoned or whatever but he walked up to me he go, and i think i was probably sleeping at the bar and he, he came and woke me up and said hey you know you look pretty cool 
you know, I want to start, I'm just back from England. I want to start a band. And he goes, what do you play? And I said, well, I play a little drums. I sing, I play guitar. And, uh, and he goes, well, okay, well, whatever, whatever's missing at the end, we'll put, we'll fit you in, but let's start a band together. And we originally started a band called Shang, Shangho, Shango, which became Shanghai. And I was still playing drums, but I was introducing my songs, songs to the band. And, um, the, uh, but I was having to sing the song to teach me to the singer. And the rest of the band was saying, well, Paul, you should be the singer. And uh, that didn't sit well with the singer. So <laughs> we kind of had to fall out. So I left that band. And then uh, Mick, who was actually playing guitar at the time, went and jammed playing bass with uh, Nikki Beat, who me and Nikki used to replace each other in bands all the time. He was, he was in a band. He was in a bunch of punk bands, like the dead, the dead, uh, the Lords of the New Church and uh, the Dickies, and he played in the Mountains oh, yeah. as well. And uh, we were, we would replace each other all the time. He played in the Joneses for a while too, and we we kept replacing each other. But uh, he was already playing drums with Tracy, and Mick went and jammed with them. And he said, "Well, we need a singer. Why don't you come down and you know and and uh, and sing? We'll 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 start the band." And we wanted to call it Faster Pussycat. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I, I came down and we jammed. And that night, when I was uh, at rehearsal, I, I taught him a few of my own songs, a, a song called "Word to the Wise Guy" and "Winter's Fool," and uh, a few other songs. And um, and then we we jammed on some Aerosmith songs and uh, uh, Aerosmith. Uh, I forget what. Oh, yeah, Alice Cooper. We did we just did a mix of like covers and and originals that I showed him. And then with that, when I was at that rehearsal, we got a call to play closing night of Cafe de Grand, which was a big punk club in uh, Hollywood at the time. And they were closing down, so they asked us to do the closing night. And uh, we went down. We so we, we that was a week later. So we we learned a bunch of songs, and uh, we decided to call the band Fast Pitchcat because, uh, well, me and Mick liked the name. We we my roommate had a, a movie called Fast Pitchcat Kill Kill, and we thought that was a good name for a band. So we decided to. Call, so that first night playing at uh, Cafe de Grand, we called the band Fast Pussycat, and we played, and it was a it was a big hit. There was a mix of like metalheads and, and mohawks and leather, and just like a really eclectic mix of, of people at the club, rock and rollers, and it was and it went over really well. So we decided to keep it together as a band. But then uh, we had a friend that owned the rights to the name LA Guns because there was a previous band that had fizzled out about a year before. Uh, and the guy that owned the rights to the name said, look, I'll back you guys if you, if you use the name LA Guns and I'll pay for your first demo. And he gave us a van that said LA Guns on the side. Wow. And we thought, well, it's just a name. So we changed the name to, to LA Guns and we dropped we dropped the name Fast Pusscat. And then when we dropped the name Fast Pusscat, um, our friend Tammy picked it up and started another band called Fast Pusscat. Wow. <laughs> Hell yeah! Now, uh, going going back to them guys, like, how uh, do you still keep in contact with the guys from from back then? Like, which one? Like Tammy, or do you still talk to Tammy at all? Not really, not anymore. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah. And I gotta say, man, from like. Hearing that you wrote a good ma- uh, good majority, or at least a good portion of the debut album from LA Guns, and then hearing what you have with Sonic Boom, 
And I got to say, with Sonic Boom, you have a lot, like, I like L.A. Guns, but I got to say, man, I love the sound on Sonic Boom. It is that classic rock and roll sound. It's it's not rock, it's rock and roll, and that, that's something that's very rare these these days. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... I just, what were you going to say? I was going to say, what got you, like... Did you feel more towards that rock and roll style and then kind of went kind of punkish and rockish? Or did you kind of, um, did you just kind of grow as you got older? Well, like I said, my roots were in like kind of, you know, blues and, and you know, hillbilly music, you know, right. of, uh, bluegrass, rock and roll, country. That's all, that's all that was happening in the hills where I grew up. You know, so I, all that roots Americana stuff is what I really grew up on. Uh, but punk rock was something I could really believe in when it first came out because it was like, right. I think right around, right around the time that was coming, I was like, like I said, I, I went off and got into jazz for a while. I was, I was getting bored with the, with playing rock. I mean, I love rock and roll, but I was getting bored as, as a drummer. I was getting bored playing it. And I wanted more, I wanted to expand myself as far as like my feel and, uh, you know, because I really like jazz as well, you know, and I like the, I like everything having a loose feel, a little swing to it. it right. To me, for rock and roll, um, like I don't really like the stiff drummers, the, the power drummers that are really like like a machine. I, I I like I like I think everything should have a little swing to it, you know, and it just makes it more natural. Um, and I was I went off and I started playing drums, you know, jazz for a while and, you know, trying to pick up and expand myself as far, rhythmically, you know, so I think in terms of rhythm and feel, you know, and groove. How did you bring that to the punk scene? The punk scene? Okay. I, I yeah. just felt that rocking way too progressive, you know, and, you know, uh, and I think, it, I think it, when punk came along, it was, I think it was a time when uh, things needed to be kind of stripped down to their roots again. And, and, and where I was really kind of getting skilled at my drumming uh, with when I was going to, as a percussion major at San Jose State, I was learning all the really intricate techniques of drumming. But when punk came along, which is right about that time, I was, it was, a right, I was going to school in like 1978 and 79. I was venturing up into San Francisco because where I was going to school at San Jose was 50 miles away. And I was seeing bands like the Dead Kennedys and the Ramones and uh, all sure. these punk bands. And I was really loved the scene. And when I finally had a chance to join a punk band, it was like I could throw away all that technique and then just beat the shit out of the drums, you know? Yeah. Really fast. A little bit of, what's that? <laughs> really fast. <laughs> really fast. Yeah. And it was, it was great. And, and I loved it. It was, just, it was just, to me, punk was just pure, you know, down, simple stripped down rock and roll and I loved it, you yeah. know. So when when I started LA Guns, what I really wanted to do is I wanted to do a punk version of the Rolling Stones. And um gotcha. and and Hanoi Rocks was really popular at the time and that was almost exactly what I wanted to do. Something like Hanoi Rocks. You know, where it's real you know, real bluesy, uh rock just pure rock and roll, um and nothing like you know, I didn't I didn't really like the you know, the heavy metal hot dog kind of guitar playing. I never liked that at all. And I wasn't really a, I wasn't really a heavy metal screamer either. You know, I'm a baritone as far as vocals and singing, you know, so I, I, 
I, and Rolling Stones has always been my favorite band. Rolling Stones, Beatles, all that kind of anything. Oh, yeah. with, I, I think in terms of melody, lyrics, and um, and uh, groove and rhythm, you know. So that's all the stuff I wanted. And LA Guns really never took the direction that I wanted. Um, right. It, it, we were closer to what I wanted when we had Robert Stoddard. When Robert Stoddard took over on guitar for Tracy, when when Tracy quit the band for a while. And that's about as close as I ever came to having the band the way I wanted it. Because Robert was more of a, when we had Robert Stoddard as the lead guitar player, he was more of a Keith Richards style player. And also he was a good songwriter in his own right. So we could write together and we, we co-wrote. And, uh, and also he was a great singer. So we, I had a backup singer. So we had harmony. And then when Robert left and, and Tracy rejoined the band, then it was just pretty much a high five heavy metal band again. And there was I had no back nobody backing me up on vocals, and uh, and and then we just all the all the bluesy guitar playing went out the window, and it was just you know heavy metal shredding. So yeah. it became something I didn't really didn't want to do. So it was a blessing to become you know it was a blessing to kind of leave the band and start doing pursuing things that I wanted to do. But on the other hand, I got put in a bad position when they took my songs and took my name off the songs, and then, and then I put me yeah. in a position where if I wanted to get my, if I wanted to get my songs back, I had to fight for them. But in going after back, going after them to get my songs back, I had to include the biggest label in town in my lawsuit, and that just that was the kiss of death for me as a new artist to be suing the biggest label in town. Yeah. Oh, jeez, huh? Yep. So, I mean, did you ever get the rights back to those songs, or was that just something yeah. that was? I got the rights back, but I, I gave up a portion, probably more than I should have. But I just wanted to move on with. They stretched it out for years, and I just wanted to move out. With, I wanted to move on with my life. At the time, I had another band called Black Cherry that was, you know, selling out clubs, and it was just it was the top unsigned band in town. I had all the labels calling me. We didn't have good, even have good management. I had Arista, uh, Virgin, A&M, uh, Capitol wow. Records. They were all calling me directly wanting to sign the band. And I said, well, and they're saying, well, what's up with this lawsuit? And I said, well, I'm just trying to get my songs back, you know, but it'll, you know, you know, I'm on, on a good track. And they said, well, we can't sign the band while you're in a lawsuit with Polygram Records. Bottom wow. line. So they said, jeez. Call us when the band. Call us when this lawsuit is over. And then three years later, when I finally was able to settle, and I had no control over settling it either. It was all up to the lawyers, and they, they and they had no interest in settling it either. The lawyers didn't have any interest in settling it anytime soon because the more they could stretch out this case, the more money they could soak out of it. So it kept my career on hold for those three years. And by the time it settled in 1990, uh, that was the days of Nirvana. So yeah. I had by by that time I had this kind of music, the Sonic Boom stuff demos that I'd done with Joe, and I was going around to all the labels that said, "Come back to me when when you settle this lawsuit." I'd go back to them, you know, I, I knew them personally, so I'd go go to them. And they said, "Well, we're not we're not doing that anymore." And I go, "You don't understand. This is not that. This is not LA Guns." And I said, "It doesn't matter. You're you're so connected to the name LA Guns that we can't market you now." And it was just, wow. So it was like. And, and that was super. Like you didn't even want to say you were in Guns N' Roses at, in 1990. You know, yeah. was, that that was over. You know, so it was it was unfortunate because it wasn't even the type of music I I was 
it wasn't really my style of music anyway, but just because they took my songs and, and I'm, I'm known as being the songwriter and the singer for LA Guns, it was really hard to get over that stigma. Um, gotcha. So what I, are you doing? Much, what do you see yourself going um, presently with your, with your new music? Well, we're, we're coming out with a new record and, and it's probably the best thing I've ever done. And, and even if it never reaches, you know, mega success, which it probably won't, it's, it's, I'm absolutely proud of it. And I think it's the best thing I've done. And, uh, I'm just happy to get it out. And for, for however many or, or few people ever hear this, I'm happy, you know, just, just to have this thing out. I'm something I'm really, really proud of. And, uh, where it goes, I don't know, but I, I know that I've, uh, before the pandemic, I was making a living playing music, just going around with my guitar and singing for people. That's and, awesome. And, so I was, and actually I was making more money playing on my own than I ever did with a band, you know? So, um, so I know that I'll, I mean, I'll always be playing music and even if I'm playing in my closet or in my room, you know, it's like, I'm, <laughs> That's right. I'm so I'm very passionate about what I do. So even if I don't become, it's not about becoming a big rock star or anything. It's just, I'm always going to be playing music and I'm just really happy to finally have this record out with, with Joe and, and Joe's my favorite guitar player ever. He, he's like kind of been the missing link in the sound that I want to get, um, you know, with that Rolling Stones, uh, faces, uh, old school rock. And roll, Hell yeah, you know? dude. Um, Beautiful. I don't mean to cut anybody off, but it looks like we're going to go a little bit past our 8 o'clock uh, time, guys. So for those listening live, if you want to hear the rest of this interview, you can go over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Starting tomorrow, you'll be able to catch the tail end of this interview. But, uh, yeah, man, I just wanted to, like – so, Paul, can I ask you, I mean, what do you think of – and I'm not really trying to put you on a spot here, but right now there seems to be a big argument between the Kelly Nichols, Steve Riley, LA guns and the Paul and Tracy side of LA guns. Do you, do you look at that at all? Do you have any kind of thoughts on that? Um, <laughs> my thought is that they're both, I mean, you know, not obviously I have every right to feel bitter about, what LA Guns did to me, and that's a band that right. I started. I don't think right. I don't think that either one of them, I don't think either one of them are legitimate. You know, um, I mean, I did play with. Uh, I mean, there's nobody in the in the Tracy Guns. First of all, Tracy abandoned us early on while we're while we're building up the band's popularity up to the point of getting a record deal. Tracy wasn't anywhere in the picture. You know, he came in he came in right when we finally had a record deal when we were ready to sign. And everybody, one by one, every the whole uh, the original band that we started left. So there was never a even on the first record. That's not even the real LA Guns. That's not that's not the band we started. Robert's gone. Nikki's gone. Uh, I'm gone. Um, and the, and and I remember after after they did the record. I mean, first of all, they stole my songs, so that they didn't even write their own songs. And uh, and then wow. And. Mick kind of backed him, so he stayed in the band. But I remember Tracy bragging to me about after he had the record out. He bragged to me about how he's got a, he said he's got a douchebag singer that does this, that he's got trained like a dog that'll do everything he wants. Wow. That's that's what he was saying about his own singer. And he and he said, oh, and then he said Mick, 
He said the, the only reason Mick's in the band is for his hair, and I've got him turned down to zero, and I do all the guitar. He's that, that egotistical. It, it was all about him. He saw an opportunity to kind of get in there and take over a band that was already going to be signed, took the songs. For, you know, he, he, talked, he talked our manager into flying a, a friend of his in to take my place and sing my songs. And it, it, was, all as a means to, it was all a means to get my publishing. And it was all greed. And, and I don't think the band is, is founded on anything that has anything to do with musical integrity in any way whatsoever. Wow. It's all about, so, um, it's all about what can I get out of this, you know. And, and I think that's, that goes for uh, the Steve Riley and Kelly Nichols version as well. They're, I mean, what kind of, I mean, they're, they're far from being original players at all. They're neither one of those, those two and, and whoever they've hired. And they're um, they're really trying to live off the few the last few crumbs of whatever popularity popularity the name L.A. Guns has. And I think uh, I mean if I was to start my own L.A. Guns, that would be more legitimate than either of those two. And people have been asking me to do it for years, and I I haven't. But I do probably think I'm probably going to re- re-record all those songs uh, the way I would have intended them to be recorded and release them at some point. Oh yeah, dude. And, and the, the the one question that I have for you, and this is somebody, you know, I'm a little bit younger than you guys are because I graduated high school in '93, but I still being on the middle of that precipice between the '80s rock and the '90s rock, I kind of lean more towards the '80s. I'm a giant Guns N' Roses fan, and what a lot of us always thought was that there was there was a connection between L.A. Guns and Guns N' Roses. Was there ever that connection? Yeah, I mean, we all hung out with each other. Um, and we jammed with each other. And Tracy was actually in the, the original version of L.A. Guns, uh, of Guns N' Roses. Um, they they'd want, went up before I even started up. Well, no, I, shortly after, I think it was shortly after or maybe just a little bit before, uh, I, w- I was playing with the Joneses and and the Guns of the Roses was kind of a newer newer band. Uh, they were wanting me to play. They were wanting me to leave the Joneses and play drums with them when before they got uh, Steve. Um, Steve Adler. Uh, yeah, Steve Adler. Uh, they had just lost their drummer uh, Rob Gardner, who I'm friends with both Rob Gardner and Steve Adler. Um, they just gotten rid of, or Rob Gardner quit, I guess, so they were lacking a drummer. So they wanted me to join, but then they ended up getting Steve Adler, and, and I didn't want to quit the Joneses to join Guns N' Roses anyway because they were a new band and we were supposed to sign with Geffen Records and right. so it, it was just kind of like well why would I join th- that band when we're about to sign you know and then, then it turned out we never did sign with Geffen Records we did a, wow. we did a record with um, we did some independent record that actually had some notoriety it's kind of an underground uh, success but it's you know that was a really good band the Joneses um, now, with uh, with hindsight being twenty twenty, and you being able to express yourself a little bit better on the musical side of, say, your your favorite band, The Stones, and those those styles, and L.A. Guns being like what you said, a little bit harder, maybe even metal like, are you happy that things turned out the way they did? Uh, say that again. Are Are you happy that you turned out the way you did musically? And maybe that separation was better off in the, in the long run. 
Oh, I don't regret anything. No, I mean it's like uh, I. Here's the thing. I did bury the hatchet with with L.A. Guns, and we actually put the original L.A. Guns band together and went on tour. I, I agreed to do like six shows with them in like in 2006, and those six shows ended ended up being two years of touring around the world, around wow. Europe, South America. Everywhere. Oh wow! So we so so I had a chance to tour with them. But there was a, there was kind of a, I mean, I always knew that it was just, it was going it was not going to end good, uh, but I accepted that. Um, right. And uh, I just, but, and I went with it, but it, I don't regret it because it kind of got me out there and it kind of got my, I mean, got, got me known again, got, got my name out in the, in public. Uh, I got written, I got quoted in Rolling Stone magazine. I got written up in spin. I, uh, you know, one thing after another, um, and then it ended up badly in 2007. I left the band. We were supposed to do another. It was yet. A, I took them to yet another record deal, and we were supposed to get. Uh, we were supposed to get 150,000. Well, we we did get 150,000 dollars advanced to us, um, and I had formed a partnership with Tracy that in rebuilding the band. You know, we split everything 50-50, and uh, once there was all that money in 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 the mix. Tracy didn't see it as, as, you know, the fair thing to do would be to honor our, our um, agreement with each other and split the money. We, we were supposed to pay the rest of the band members out of that and split the money. But he, he just kind of finagled a way to try to, like, get me replaced yet again and move on with another singer so he could keep all the money. And it was just, wow. you know. So once money or a, a record deal comes into the picture, when when Tracy's involved, it's it's that's the end of the story. But I was his best friend for two years, you know. But it was like I could tell it was a, I could tell it was a very it was a very fake friendship, you know. So, but I don't regret it, you know. I did it, but you know, in in your question was like asking, do I regret, uh, you know, not being involved in that? I guess. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of, I, I'm, I'm glad, I'm happy with the way I turned out. <laughs> you know, it's a, you, I, I may <laughs> right. not be rich. I may not be, uh, I may not be a big rock star or anything, but I'm, I'm glad at the direction I'm, I've come in musically. I don't really like the fact that I'm, um, I, in a lot of ways, it's a foot in the door for me to be connected with, um, with LA Guns sometimes. But you never right. know. Sometimes people just don't. Sometimes people don't look down on that. You know, it's like so. It's it, it's kind of a catch two twenty situation. But I wish people knew me more for uh, what I do love to do, which is this stuff that's coming out on, on Sonic yeah. Boom, the stuff that you just played at the beginning. You know, uh, so I, hopefully this record, hopefully this record takes off, and I can put LA Guns aside and just um, I can put LA Guns aside and just. Um, you know, become known for something bigger and better. <laughs> you know? Gotcha. Um, God, you, right. you know, I, yeah. I was talking, uh, I made recent friends with a, a person that said that they know you well in Mark Knight. You know Mark Knight? Yeah, my, Mark, he's a great guy. I love Mark. Mark. Mark said, you know, I told I told Mark that you were coming on the show. He was like, he's such a great guy. I told him I said hello. And yeah, Mark's been a, Mark's been a great dude to talk to, man. And just, and another one that's kind of been through that, and you know, it's just 
I'm glad to see that music's still a part of what you're doing. And I got to say, the video to... um, the, the video to the song I played, there was a little girl. Is that your daughter? No, that's Joe's daughter. That's uh, my, she my guitar She has such player. a beautiful soul, man. She she just made that video, and, like, she was so cool to watch in that video, and she's probably, like, 15 now. It's a little bit later. But, yeah, yeah. she seemed like such a great person. Yeah, and she's playing guitar. Joe's teaching her how to play guitar, and she's really picking it up. Great, you know, and she's really she's oh, she's listening to all the cool bands too. That's um, awesome. And also, uh, now the other video that uh, 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 we're redoing the 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 songs are mixed, remixed, and mastered, so they sound a lot better now. Uh, but the first video that I did for for that music was uh, Joe wasn't anywhere near me. I was out in the desert when we started filming it, and we just did it with a, like. A cheap camera. We started filming a video and, and put that video together. But Joe's not featured in it because I didn't. I wasn't with him. So uh, we redid another one where that Joe is featured in. So we're going to take that one. Well, we might keep that one up, but we're going to put a new video out for the same song. But it'll this one. The next one will feature Joe. And, and I got to say, her reaction between the both of you it just showed that you guys, the two of you guys, are probably as close as two friends can be. So the the music between the two of you guys just has to be that much must must mean that much more between the two of you. Uh huh. Yeah. So I mean, Joe is me and Joe are, are me and Joe are a lot alike, you know, musically, and uh, and he's like the missing link for you know what I like we like I play drums, I sing, I I play I play rhythm guitar. He's he's got all the lead guitar done, done, but he's somebody I can trust to like. We're on the page, same page musically, you know, and he can tell me if I if I come up with an idea that crap, he'll just tell me, you know, um, or if or you know if he loves an idea, you know, and, and, he, and we inspire each other um, really well. In uh, and are you there? so is. Yeah, I'm here. As far as the new album is concerned, any idea when it's going to drop on us? Yeah, the plan right now is for April, and we were just—it's nice. uh, actually—it's actually getting released. Uh, it's um, sorry, I'm being a little distracted because we're looking for a do- <laughs> we're currently looking for a dog that's lost, just oh, running wow. around the, the streets here. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're uh, yeah. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> well, when the album dropped, you said it was going to be April. Oh, okay. Yeah, April is is the plan. We're uh, it's actually going to come out physically in England. It's going to be printed on vinyl. Uh, nice. Joe and I just met a couple weeks ago to um, uh, to sign. We there's an art piece that's going to be inserted in the album and the vinyl uh, edition, and we. We numbered them uh, one to three hundred and signed three hundred copies that are going to be in, wow. in the in the vinyl copy of the record. And um, are you are you guys doing any dates to support too, that? What's that? Are you guys doing any dates to support that? Well, the hope is, but we don't see anything. Uh, we don't see anything uh, coming up. 
I mean, it, it all depends on how soon COVID ends, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, but, but yeah, we'll definitely get out and play live, uh, when we can. Uh, but, uh, I, yeah, it all depends. I mean, I would love to go out, go over and do to Europe and do the summer festivals and tours and stuff. Hell yeah. Um, but it all depends, you know, it's like we're going to be indicated by this pandemic. So for now, we're just going to like do interviews like this and, uh, you know, promote the record and, and get it, get it out there. And then, yeah, hopefully when, when it's safe, yeah, we'll get out there. Um, you know, we have musicians we know over in Europe and, uh, might, might put a band together or we might just bring a full band over there and play. Nice. And across, and across the, and across the U.S. too as well. Awesome. But, um, Excellent. So, Paul, I wanted to say yeah. thank you so much for calling in tonight, man. I'm really stoked to hear the new album, uh, which is going to be debuting in April. If you could, um, please just drop any info on the Rock and Roll Union page. Let us know when that album becomes available. Uh, I'm sure this is just the beginning of many awesome conversations we're going to have together as far as music is concerned. And uh, just want to wish you a great weekend, man. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It was fun. <laughs> thank you, brother. Yeah, you yeah, thank you, man. Keep, I'll definitely keep you in touch, and I'll let you know. When, I mean, it's, it's definitely coming out in April. And, uh, yeah, we're just we're kind of initially starting in, in Europe because that's kind of where a lot of our fan base is, you know. And it just nice. seems like, especially with Dogs More, because Joe was in a band called Dogs More that was really popular. And then uh, LA Guns was we always did really well in Europe, so we're going to gotcha. do it there first and then, and then bring it over here. But yeah, the, the plans kind of got thrown for a loop with the, with the COVID and all that kind of stuff. But once it clears up, we'll be out playing live for sure. Hell yeah. And Paul, I'll be in touch personally to get one of those. Uh, I'm going to purchase one of those signed copies, man. I definitely want one of them. Okay. So, all right. Awesome. Our, brother, thank you so much for being here tonight. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great soon. night. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Thank you, man. Thank you. So, guys, that was Paul Mars Black. I want to say a big thank you out to the boys in Tantric, Jaron and Sebastian. I want to say a big thank you to the guys from uh, Rat Rod. I want to say a big thank you to Paul Mars Black and Rock Doc. I want to say a big thank you to you for hanging with me tonight, man. It's been a great evening. Uh, a lot awesome. of good Thanks conversation. Thanks for having me on, man. Brother, I am always, always welcome. The door's always open here for you. And uh, really, really waiting to see uh, everything that's coming down. I mean, there's a lot of new albums. The Tantric album was is being released. We found out tonight the new Paul Mars Black is coming out. And uh, the Can't Rat wait. Rod album. Rat Rod album just debuted last night. So a lot of new stuff, guys. So thank you so much for being here. And uh, Rock Doc, much love, brother. Send my love to the family, right. and you have a great rest of your weekend, bro. All right. Take care, everybody. Talk to you later. So, guys, that was our show for this evening. Uh, next week, we have – man, you don't even want to know. Well, maybe you do. Next weekend, we have Avalanche and Crawling Manifest with us. Until next time, remember, rock and roll. Have a good night, guys. Mm-hmm.